Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's very special episode of TCCP is none other than everyone's favourite up-and-coming cricket journalist, Mr. Kieran McCarthy. So, Kieran, first things first, mate, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast for yet another episode, building up quite the repertoire in 2023. I've got to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? Uh, It's been good, thank you. I'm still riding the high of my five for four from Saturday. How many of them were full tosses? Four tosses, a few few full bungers in there, yeah? I actually got full toss drilled back at me and I dropped it. So it could have been six for four. Uh, well, no, I've got the same batter in the in, in the same over. So, all right, Brettley. Yeah, the game's the game. <laughs> Perfect timing as well. Now that Stuart Broad has, has sadly retired from Test cricket, who knows? Kieran McCarthy, C. Dot McCarthy in He's the in England Test side. <laughs> Only a matter of time, mate. But no, good to see that you're doing well, mate. Uh, both on and off the field there with figures of, of five for four. Can't say I've ever replicated anything like that, but. Folks, we're not here to discuss Mr McCarthy's incredible village cricket prowess. No, instead we're here to discuss the 2023 Metro Bank One Day Cup, England and Wales's premier list day cricket competition. So for those who aren't aware how the One Day Cup actually works in this country, first and foremost, we kickstart things with the group stage, which starts on Tuesday the 1st of August. The group stage then runs all the way through for three weeks, until Tuesday the 22nd of August, after which the top three teams will advance to the playoffs. Now, second and third place in both the groups go through to the quarterfinals. These quarterfinals will take place on Friday the 25th of August. And then on Tuesday the 29th of August, we've got the semi-finals, which will see the winners of the quarterfinals take on the winners of Group A and Group B, respectively. Once those semi-finals are complete and we've got our two finalists, the grand final of the Metro Bank One Day Cup will take place at Trent Bridge on Saturday the 16th of September. So, all things considered, this has the makings of yet another fantastic competition. It's got to be up there as one of my favourite competitions, to be honest, in the entirety of cricket, because my first ever game watching as a fan was a CB40 match back in 2009. This is a tournament, it's a cup, it's a competition, which holds an incredibly special place in my heart. And Yes, we've got a lot of players going off to the 100, so the teams will be slightly weaker than years gone by. But with that being said, there's a whole plethora of young players coming through each and every single one of the 18 counties that, to be honest, I think will put on a show. So with that being considered then, Kieran, let's get in to our preview of this year's One Day Cup. And what better place to start than with Group A, which many have described as the Group of Death. Now, Group A consists of Essex, Hampshire, Kent, Lancashire, Leicestershire, Middlesex, Nottinghamshire, Surrey, and Yorkshire. And right off the bat, Kieran, what do you make of that group? Because when it was first announced, I've got to be honest, I did laugh a little bit because five out of the six teams which made the playoffs last year are in this group, which is absolutely staggering. I'm not entirely sure how it was concocted in the first place, but... It's a tremendously difficult group on paper, isn't it? Yeah, there should be some very good cricket played in that group. Um, and to, yeah, for me, it was a lot harder to sort of predict what teams I think are going to go through from Group A than Group B. Um, but obviously, like the the strength of some of the squads in Group A are, are, are very high. Um, and I think 
yeah, as I say, I think there's going to be some some very good games of cricket um, played and, and some very strong cricket. Well, there certainly will be, Kieran. And to be honest, that's a great place to actually kickstart today's show with probably one of the hardest questions that we're going to have in today's episode. If you were to predict a top three from Group A, which three counties would you select and why? It's it's difficult to like not somewhat sit on the fence anyway because uh, as I say like every team essentially has a chance of, of getting through. I think um, for me Essex and Lancashire are two of the stronger sides out of out of the lot, and I think those two shouldn't have too many problems in reaching the knockout stages. Um, it's the last one that that I'm sort of on the fence with a little bit. Um, obviously Kent won it last year um, and still have quite a strong squad this season um, they have obviously lost one of the, the more prolific run scorers from last season in, in Ollie Robinson who's um, obviously gone to Durham but but isn't playing in the tournament because he's got a, a 100 contract um, but they have added um, Matt Parkinson and, and James Baisley so I would say they would potentially be up there but then I, I would also say Yorkshire have, have got a good good chance um having not been deducted points from the one day cup um obviously gives them a much better chance than than what they would have had had they been deducted points um Otis Gibson's um under no illusions that he wants his side to, to win it and I think out of all the squads um Yorkshire do have a very strong squad it's just we sort of saw in the blast that they went on a very good run and then they quite easily slipped out of that so out of Kent and Yorkshire I think it will very much depend on um, which side can string together uh, the best run of performances because um, I think they are both very strong so for that reason I would probably lean towards Kent um, in the third spot um, but as I say I think Yorkshire have got a very good chance of, of getting through um, and yeah Essex and Lancashire for me have the best chance of, of any side of getting through. To be honest, Kieran, I definitely agree with Lancashire and Essex. I mean, I, I've chosen those two in my top three as well. In particular, Essex, they look so strong, don't they? And then, as if they didn't look strong enough already, they've got Simon Harmer back in the mix. And yes, statistically speaking, Simon Harmer isn't the best list A player. It's actually his weakest format. But even the fact that he's there, his mere presence, his aura in that bowling attack, a bowling attack which struggled massively, to take wickets last year. They took 47 wickets in the group stage, which was a tremendously low figure over the course of eight matches. But his presence in that bowling attack, the quality provides alongside 18-year-old leg spinner Luke Benkenstein is going to be crucial. So I agree. I think the Eagles look incredibly strong in this group and I do back them to finish in the top three in particular after having such a strong T20 blast campaign. And when it comes to Lancashire as well, they've got a one-day pedigree. They are an incredible team on paper. And even though they are missing a whole bunch of players to the hundreds, so for example, they're missing Liam Livingston, Joss Butler, Phil Salt, Tom Hartley, Richard Gleeson, Luke Woods and Luke Wells, the players that they still have are still incredibly capable. So you've got the likes of Dane Villas. You've got the likes of Josh Bohannon. George Bell is a very talented young wicketkeeper. George Lavelle had an excellent time in the one-day cup last season. And then you look at the bowlers, Tom Bailey, Will Williams, George Borderson in there. You've got Jack Morley, who's been incredibly impressive in the county championship. So all things considered, 
I do back Lancashire to also have another strong tournament in 2023. The key is that third and final team, isn't it? Because I completely agree with your analysis, Kieran. I think Kent are going to come back strong. They've had such a poor time of it in both of the the previous competitions in terms of the championship and the T20 Blast. And they are the holders of this competition. Let's not forget that. They won the tournament last year against Lancashire at Trent Bridge. They brought in Matt Parkinson on loan from Lancashire. They brought in James Baisley, who's been excellent in club cricket for Sandwich Cricket Club. And then, of course, they've got guys who have been there and done that. The only thing which makes me a little bit apprehensive about choosing Kent is that it's very, very difficult to go back to back. And given the fact that they have had such a rough time in the championship, they're missing a whole host of players. So, for example, Tawanda Muyeye won't be there. Jordan Cox isn't there. Daniel Bell Drummond is away at the 100 as well. I don't think they have the same the same batting strength necessarily in comparison to last year when they had Ollie Robinson to fill in the void. So for those reasons, I've gone with a slightly different third team. I've gone with Leicestershire. And the reason I've gone for Leicestershire is because they were incredibly impressive last year. They've not lost many players to the 100 at all. In fact, only Rehan Ahmed and Callum Parkinson will be absent for the one-day cup. And then they've re-signed Peter Hanscom which just provides so much pedigree, so much quality, so much stability. You've got Rishi Patel up top, who had such a poor time of it last season, that he's probably going to come back with a vengeance. I've no doubt that he'll score at least, at least one century in this year's One Day Cup. He's that kind of cricketer. He's hungry to succeed. And then you look at the bowling attack. Obviously, you've got the likes of Chris Wright. You've got a really, really promising young leg spinner in Utam Ramji, who's been excellent for the second eleven. I can't wait to see him in action. Then you've got Tom Scriven. You've got Matt Salisbury coming into the mix as well. It's an incredibly good side on paper. So for those reasons, I will go with the Leicestershire Foxes as the third and final team. But to be honest, it's anyone's group, isn't it? And we've not even mentioned a bunch of the other counties, as we'll probably discuss when we get onto the surprise package. So yeah, Group A, the group of death for a reason, incredibly difficult to pick that top three. But Kieran, you've gone with Lancashire, Essex and Kent. I've gone with Essex, Lancashire and Leicestershire. And moving on then from our top three predictions, let's go into our one to watch. Now, this is a player who we think is someone that you should keep a close eye on heading into this year's Metro Bank One Day Cup. So, Kieran, who have you gone with for this segment? I'm very, very intrigued to know who you've selected. Um, I have gone for an Essex player. Um, I have gone for Robin Das. Um, I think he's certainly one to watch um, this season. Um, he's had a great introduction into first-class cricket. His uh, debut in a, a game against Ireland hit a ton. And I think the same week as that, I can't remember who Essex played, but he hit um, 50, you know, very different circumstances to his to his 100 in in the first class game um and i think this competition will be um a real opportunity for him to to sort of break through even more and um show that he's you know very capable of of being one of essex's leading players um and i think obviously having shown that he can do it in in both red ball and white ball sort of obviously 50 overs a little bit more of a combination of both, um, you know, depending on what time you go into bat. And given that he is a top order batter, um, you know, sometimes you can be in not very many for two, three, whatever, but then you could also be coming in 
sort of halfway through or, or at the back end. So it'll be um, a good test for him to show that he's um, able to play in, in different scenarios and, and score runs in different circumstances. Um, and I think he's already shown a little bit that he can do that. And I think this tournament has, um, represents a chance that for him to show that he can do that even more. It is a massive opportunity for him, isn't it? Because in a team which has lost a bunch of players to the 100, he'll be seen as one of the guys who needs to make that step up, won't he? Now the fact that he has played first-class cricket, he's had an impressive time in the T20 Blast. And of course, he does already have Lister experience. So in 2022, which was his debut season in an Essex shirt, he scored 202 runs at an average of 28.85. So Robin Das in my opinion, is one of the most impressive and exciting young players at Essex County Cricket Club. And that's a big statement because they've got a bunch of good youngsters, haven't they? With the likes of Luke Benkenstein, Will Butterman, you've got Josh Rommel in there, you've got Jamal Richards, you've got Noah Thane coming up, you've got Charlie Allison as well, who's just been added into the mix for good measure. So Robin Das, that's a great shout, Kieran. I really, really like that suggestion. And yeah, to be honest, definitely someone that you should be keeping a close eye on heading into this year's one-day cup. But aside from Das, I've gone with a Yorkshire player, and I've gone with a Yorkshire player, Kieran, who you'll be very familiar with. I've gone with Finlay Bean. I just couldn't look past this guy, because I look back to last season, 74 runs at 24.66 over the course of three matches, which included 61 from 58 balls against Kent on debut in Canterbury. But aside from the fact that he impressed last summer, how good has he been this season? He has been one of Yorkshire's standout players in the Red Bull format. 660 runs, averaging 47.14 over the course of 14 innings, which has included three massive centuries to boot. Finlay Bean is not just one of the best players at Yorkshire to watch out for, but argues one of the most exciting players in the entire country. I mean, Kieran, you'll know this better than I do, but Finlay Bean is a serious talent in the white ball game, isn't he? Yeah, um, obviously he only played the few white ball games last season, but um, I think he's been playing a little bit of twos white ball stuff. Um, and as you say, yeah, he's been in, in very imperious form in, in red ball cricket. And I think it um, it speaks volumes that even when Shah Massoud is at Yorkshire, that Finley Bean is the one that's opening the batting alongside Adam Live. Um, and yeah, everyone at Yorkshire speaks very highly about him. Um, and yeah, it could certainly be a season where he um, pairs a very good red ball season with um, contributing in, in white ball cricket as well. And yeah, um, it would certainly be good to see him able to kick on from his uh, good start um, throughout this season and, and the few games that he played last season. It really would. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't bet against him. As I said, Finley Bean has got such an excellent ceiling in the game of cricket. I think this could be one of those tournaments. It could be a breakthrough. For Finley B. And if the championship hasn't been a breakthrough enough, I think in terms of his one-day capabilities, his calibre, his quality in that format, I do think that this year's one-day cup is a massive opportunity for Finley Bean to show off that, that extra calibre that we expect of him. And just in terms of some other quality young players who I'd say that you watch out for in this in this group, because there's so many to choose from. But I've mentioned George Bell from Lancashire. He's a very, very talented keeper. Watch out for him. He's innovative. He's also very destructive at times, can definitely finish off an innings with flair and elegance. And then Hampshire. Hampshire, an interesting one because they're missing John Turner, who was phenomenal for them last season. But in terms of the replacements they've got, they've brought in Eddie Jack. They've got Joe Eckland as well. 
and of course Dom Kelly. So they've got three real exciting youngsters in the mix alongside the likes of Tom Prest and Toby Alberts and Fletcher Middleton. So although Hampshire probably don't have the most experienced team on paper in the group, they've definitely got some very, very good young talent. So watch out for that trio, as I mentioned just then. And at knots as well, Fatty Singh. Fatty Singh with his left arm off spin. Watch out for him. He really impressed me last season. Yes, he might go for runs at times, but he's going to produce pressure. So watch out for Fatty Singh as well from Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club. But Kieran, talking of knots, actually, that is a perfect transition into our next segment, which is about the surprise package. Now, this can either be a player or a team who we think are just going to simmer beneath the surface and could potentially make a proper challenge in this year's One Day Cup. And funny enough, I've chosen Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club because just reading stuff online and, and watching stuff before the tournament, not many people seem to be discussing knots. And yet last year they reached the quarterfinals. Yes, they were knocked out by Lanks in the quarter at Stanley Park, but they had a really good time of it in Group B. And the key thing for me was that they they produced the goods towards the latter stages of the group stage. They peaked at the right time. Now, yes, they are missing a bunch of players to the hundreds. So they've lost the likes of Ben Duckett, for example. They've lost the likes of Alex Hales, Samit Patel, Tom Moores, Matt Carter, Joe Clark and Jake Ball. But you look at the players they've still got with the likes of Brett Hutton, Hasib Hamid, the captain, Ben Slater, Lyndon James, Liam Patterson-White, Dane Patterson. And that's just naming a few. They've got a team which has got a real white ball calibre. And then, as if those experienced names aren't enough, you've got some really exciting youngsters. So the likes of Sammy King, Ben Martindale, Matt Montgomery, Dane Schadendorf, again, to name but a few. So a lot of people haven't discussed Nottinghamshire as a side. And to be honest, I didn't put them in my top three. But if there was a team which could just sneak in and challenge for that third and final spot, I would go with the Nottinghamshire Outlaws. So, Kieran, I'd love to know your thoughts. Would you agree with that, or do you see your surprise package as maybe a different team or a different player, per se? Um, mine is actually, surprisingly enough, Yorkshire. Um, as I said earlier, I, I thought it was sort of hard to separate between them and Kent for the third spot in, in Group A. And I just think, obviously, it's not been a fantastic Red Bull season for them. Um, not been bad by any stretch, but... Um, having only won one game. Um, I know Yorkshire have been hampered by the weather quite often um, in Red Bull cricket. Um, and then in the blast, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, had a really good run of five or six wins in a row. Um, and then that sort of fell away towards the back end. Um, but I think of every team, Yorkshire have got one of the strongest youth cores. Um, the likes of George Hill, um, you've mentioned Finn the Bean already. Um, Jack Short hasn't really got a look in um, anywhere else this season um, in, in either Red Bull or, or the Blast. Um, obviously, there's um, the sort of more experienced players like Shah Massoud um, and Ben Code. So I think um, Yorkshire have got a, a good chance of sort of maybe breaking into that top three. Um, and obviously, as I said, with the fact that um, they'll want to make a statement and potentially coming out and and winning the one day cup or, or at least you know getting into the the latter stages of it would be that statement um so for those reasons i think um they'll certainly be um a side to look out for in in group a 
Well, to be honest, Kieran, I'd completely agree with that. And you look at the young players at Yorkshire's disposal as well, with the likes of Harry Duke, Yashva Gadia, you've got the likes of Finley Bean, who we've mentioned at length in today's podcast, Dominic Leach, James Wharton, Will Luxton. They've got so many players at their disposal, alongside the likes of Sham Masood, alongside the likes of Ben Code, and of course, Ben Mike, who will play an integral role in this year's competition. Yorkshire definitely do have an outside chance of going far in this year's tournaments. And just two final teams that we should discuss, to be honest, Kieran, before we get on to our, our conversation and our debate about Group B, are the two London counties. We haven't really discussed Middlesex or Surrey, but how do you weigh up and assess their chances in this year's tournament, given the fact that Surrey are missing so many players and Middlesex will be without Stephen Eskenazi, who was their leading run scorer in last year's competition? I think for Surrey, it's unfortunate that their squad just gets decimated by the 100, um, which you know obviously shows how much of a, of a pedigree a lot of the players have in white ball cricket, that there are so many players away at the 100. But I think that weakens the squad so much that even though there are still some good players remaining, um, I mean, you look at the likes of Rory Burns and Ben Folks being available this season that they weren't last season, that could... Um, give them more of a boost than than they had last season. But then Rory Burns isn't in fantastic form um, and obviously doesn't play much white ball cricket anymore. Um, ben Folks probably will be the better of the two. But then I don't think those two really bring the level of the squad in, in white ball team up that much. Um, and then, you know, for Middlesex, as you mentioned, Steve Eskenazi is sort of the linchpin of that side. Um, and, you know, they didn't do very well in the blast. And I think um, they might fare similarly in the one-day cup, um, having lost, you know, their best player to the 100. Um, and it would take a lot for a lot of different players to stand up and ensure that they can be competitive. And I just don't really think that they've got enough for that to happen. Yeah, to be honest, again, I, I take no pleasure in it because I do think Middlesex could be an outsider, but I think in comparison to the teams that we've discussed, with the likes of Notts, Kent, the likes of Yorkshire being in and around the mix as well, I do think those teams have probably just got a bit too much calibre for Middlesex, given the the lack of Max Holden and Stephen Eskenazi in that batting lineup. I do think that other teams in Group A are stronger with the bat in hand, but then again, it's anyone's game, isn't it? Middlesex had a fantastic run last summer, and in particular at Radlett, they're very, very dangerous, so Again, I wouldn't discount the Saxes, but I do think they'll find it more difficult this year in comparison to last season. And then with Surrey, you mentioned the returns of Ben Folks and Rory Burns. Also, Dom Sibley, who averaged 57.83 for the Bears in last year's One Day Cup. So they have still got some, some star talent in there. And then the youngsters, the likes of Amar Verdi, Ben Geddes is a fantastic young talent, and Josh Blake as well, who really impressed in the warm-up game against Suffolk. So Surrey have still got that capability. They have still got the the talent in that side, but yeah, they've just been decimated by those absentees. So yeah, I do think the Brown Caps will yet again struggle to, to really compete in what is being coined as the group of death. But Kieran, aside then from our debates about Group A, let's switch our attention to Group B, which features the likes of Derbyshire, Durham, Glamorgan, Gloucestershire, Northamptonshire, Somerset, Sussex, Warwickshire and Worcestershire. So on paper, this is probably the quote-unquote easier of the two groups. Only Sussex made it through 
to the knockout rounds in the 2022 iteration of this tournament. But with that being said, I still don't think it's going to be easy to get out of. Again, there's a good five, six teams there who I think will be in and around the mix for those top three places. So with that in mind, Mr. McCarthy, who have you selected as your top three in Group B? I have gone for, perhaps surprisingly, the first one, uh, Derbyshire. Um, I think, you know, there might be some potential limitations um, in the seam bowling department. Um, You know, that was sort of one of their strengths in the blast. Um, The likes of George George Scrimshaw um, and Zaman Khan, Zach Chappell. Um, So obviously, you know, people will will have to stand up and, and if they can do that, I think they'll be strong. I think there's no problem with the batting lineup whatsoever. Um, the likes of Brooke Guest, Harry Kane, Lewis Reese um, are all in very good form with the bat at the moment. Um, particularly, you know, over the last couple of county championship games, each of them have have put in big scores. Um, and I think, you know, all of them have got the capabilities to um, lead Derbyshire into the top three. Um, I think beyond that, Somerset should have a good campaign. Um, another squad who lose quite a lot of of solid white ball players to the hundred, but then you you know you still got the likes of the new signing in Curtis Camfer, who should um, be a very good asset on both sides of the ball. I know you're um, a big fan of Curtis Camfer's, um, and I think he he should do very well, um, both bat and ball. Um, Obviously, James Rue is perhaps the most informed batter in the country at the moment, perhaps besides uh, Alex Lees. Um, but, you know, he had a good campaign last time. I think he was their leading run scorer. Obviously, he's the leading run scorer in Division 1 of the county championship at the moment. And then Sean Dixon had a good couple of knocks on T20 finals day. Uh, he's obviously going to captain them this season. Um, so I think there are some very good players at, at Somerset that can... Um, help them into the top three and then finally I would look at Durham as a team that are potentially going to be um, an interesting one um, as I mentioned Alex Lee's in very good form um, maybe not the most proficient run scorer in, in white ball cricket but I mean if you're in form you're in form I don't really think it matters what what the format is um, and then Graham Clark had a good season last time uh, whether or not Brandon Glover plays all too much I'm not sure he's not played a whole lot in uh, either other format this season but um, he's another very good bowler Um, so I think Durham do have a very good squad and I think if all of the players play up to the standard that they can do I think they should have a very good season. Well this is a very very interesting point in the podcast because considering group A was the group of death we actually agreed on two of the choices and yet for group B Kieran I've got three completely different sides. (laughs) So maybe Group B is the group of death. Who knows? Maybe that's the one that we'll struggle to predict because I've looked at it slightly differently. Again, a couple of those sides might come up when we talk about the surprise package when it comes to my particular thoughts on this group. But in terms of my top three, I've gone for Sussex. I think Sussex will top the group yet again. They've only lost three players to 100, which are George Garton, Tamar Mills and Ravi Bapara. And then you look at the batting lineup at their disposal. Tom Haynes, Tom Alsop, Tom Clark, Chateshwar Pajara, Ollie Carter, Ali Orr is coming back from injury. And then you've got Finn Hudson-Prentice, who again, as we've discussed, has been very good 
in the championship, 650 plus scores over the course of this season. So again, I can't look past the Sharks. I really can't. I think Sussex do have the capabilities of having a real strong run in this year's competition. And then, of course, that's only talk about the batting. In the bowling department, you've got Ari Carvelas, who took 20 wickets in last year's competition. Brad Curry has had an outstanding time of it in the T20 qualifiers up in Edinburgh for Scotland. And then Stephen Finn is coming back from injury. And that's not even mentioning the spinners in Archie Lenham and Jack Carson. So I can't see past Sussex. I think Sussex are going to have an incredibly strong competition. And in my opinion, probably are the favourites to top the group. Now in seconds, yes, you can call me a little bit biased. I've gone with Warwickshire. I do back the Bears to finally come back strong in the one-day cup. And these are the reasons why. So last year, the Bears missed out on qualification with a very inexperienced team. In fact, some of us called them the Bear Cubs because a lot of them were making their list eight debuts. But they only failed to reach the playoffs because of a final game defeat to Somerset in which James Rue, unsurprisingly, scored 96 runs at the top of the innings. Apart from that, they played very good cricket. They won five out of eight matches and, to be honest, were very competitive, both home and away. In addition to that, they bolstered the team with the addition of Ed Barnard. Had a very good time of it for Worcestershire last year. We know his potential. We know his ability with both the bats and the ball in hand provides a lot of stability to that Bears middle order. And then in terms of the bowling department, Jake Lintop, who is not at the 100 this year, that's massive for the Bears. That's absolutely huge to have some left arm wrist spin in this year's competition. And then, of course, Liam Norwell and Craig Miles returning from injury. The Bears look very strong on paper, and that's not even mentioning the young players. You know, the, the likes of Ethan Brooks, the likes of Kai Smith, the likes of Michael Booth, who's been very impressive for the second eleven, And someone to keep a very close eye out in this year's competition is Theo Wiley. I'm not sure how much we'll see of him. He's only 17 years old. He plays his cricket in Shropshire. But goodness me, is he innovative. He's a fantastic young prospect, bowls a bit of left arm spin as well. He's been great in the second eleven. I remember watching him score 29 from 13 balls in a T20 against Glamorgan at Portland Road. So again, the Bears look very, very strong on paper. And for those reasons, I do think they'll have a good time of it in this year's competition. And then in third place, Kieran, I've gone with Worcestershire. And again, a bit like with Sussex, they've only lost three players, who are Adam Hose, Mitch Stanley and Josh Tung. In addition to that, they've brought in Rob Jones on loan from Lancashire. He scored 285 runs at a frightening average of 71.25 over the course of last year's campaign. And then you look at the batting lineup with the likes of Jake Libby, Jack Haynes, Azarelli, Ed Pollock, Kashif Ali in there, Matthew Waits, who, as we know, can give the ball a good whack as well. I think the Rapids look tremendously strong. So for all of those above reasons, my top three in Group B are Sussex, Warwickshire and Worcestershire. So some interesting choices. We've actually chosen six teams between us to occupy those top three spots. So, as we said, Group B could end up being very competitive indeed. And with that in mind, Kieran, who have you selected as you want to watch? Because this could be a team or indeed a player, but who do you think that we as fans should be looking out for heading into this competition? Because there's so much young talent in this group to watch out for, isn't there? Yeah, um, and obviously I mentioned that that Derbyshire um, are one of the sides that I think will make the the final three from Group B, um, and I think a lot of that hinges on the the batting lineup. Um, and with that being said, uh, I know he's probably 
24 years old. Um, but I think Harry Kane um, is a player who who is going to have quite a good season. I think he only averages about 25 with a bat in List A cricket. Um, but obviously, as I mentioned previously, he's in very good form in uh, Red Bull cricket at the moment. He hit uh, 130 odd not out alongside um, Lewis Rees in the previous uh, county championship game. Um, and I think, you know, that'll be something that he'll want to build upon um, his good form in, in Red Bull cricket of late. And I think he's certainly got the capabilities to, to do that. And I think if he and, you know, the rest of the Derbyshire top order do have a good competition, then that will be the driver for them to reach the final stages of the competition. Well, to be honest, Kieran, I'm not going to disagree with that shouts. Harry Kane is a great suggestion. And you mentioned his list day average. It is only 23.83, career best of 57 in the 50 over format. But as you said, he's got confidence. He's absolutely crushing it in Red Bull cricket at the moment. Shared that record breaking stand alongside Lewis Reese against Glamorgan. So, yeah, I think that's a great shout, to be honest, mate. I really do. And I do back him to beat that career best score over the course of this year's tournament. But aside from Harry Kane, who, to be honest, was one of my honourable mentions, I did have him down in this particular segment. But we've actually already mentioned my one to watch, and it's Curtis Camphor. I'm absolutely delighted that he's in county cricket. He has worked tirelessly for this opportunity. He's been brilliant for Ireland. He's been plugging away relentlessly in franchise cricket and, of course, in domestic cricket over in Ireland itself. It's wonderful to see him get this opportunity. And even though it's only for their first five matches, I think the the quality, the pedigree that he provides that Somerset team is incredible. So if you look at his list eight averages and his career runs, he scored 1,146 runs at 30.97 in list eight crickets. And over the course of 49 matches, he's also taken 45 wickets at an average of 33.33. In addition to this, all you need to do is look back on his most recent ODI for Ireland, which was the two-wicket win over Nepal in Harare, and you'll see that this guy scores runs under pressure. He scored a brisk 62 from 59 balls in that match to help Ireland across the line. So he provides everything. He's the very definition of an all-rounder. He provides runs with the bats. He's a good fielder. He's an energetic character in the field. And then, of course, with the ball in hands, he's a breakthrough specialist. He makes things happen in white ball cricket. So watch out for Curtis Camphor. Great to see him in county crickets. And fingers crossed that they do extend that beyond the five matches because I do think he'll have quite the profound impact on a very inexperienced Somerset side. And Kieran, aside then from our one to watch, let's switch our attention to our surprise package because I'm very interested to see where you went with for this particular category. So who do you see as your surprise package in Group B over the course of the 2023 season? Well, this would be quite interesting because we're probably both going to pick sides that the other one has got finishing mm-hmm. in the top three. Um, so obviously, as I said, Derbyshire, you know, it might be something of a surprise, but um, the fact that I think they're going to finish in the top three, they're, that, yeah, they're not the surprise package. Um, and, you know, whether or not it is surprising... Um, I've gone for Sussex, who obviously did make it to the, the knockout stages last time. Um, but, you know, I, I don't believe that they are um, 
one of the three sides that, that I think are going to are going to make the knockouts. But I certainly think that they've got the potential to have another very good season. Um, obviously, you you mentioned the very strong top order batting. Um, and, you know, even though it is a, an inexperienced side, there are a lot of players that have um, some very good skills with both bat and ball. Um, you know, Archie Lennon's probably still not even 18 years old yet. Um there's a lot of players in, in that sort of age bracket and just a little bit older. But um, for me, that's probably the reason why it would be a surprise, even though they did make the, the knockouts la- last time, that it is an inexperienced squad. But then, you know, a lot of the squads in, in this competition are. And I think of the players that have, have got a lot of youth in, in the squad, I think Sussex have got one of the stronger youth cores. Um, so for that reason, they are my surprise package um, in Group B. Fair enough, mate. And yeah, you were spot on with your prediction. I've chosen one of your teams. I've gone with Derbyshire because last season, I've got to be honest, they had a very underwhelming time of it. In the 50-over competition, they won three out of eight matches over the course of that group stage campaign. But I look at them in 2023, it looks like a much better team. Obviously on paper, but of course, when you factor in the confidence that they'll take from having produced the goods in red ball cricket and of course white ball cricket, in recent months, I do back Derbyshire to come back very strong this season. And Zach Chappell, watch out for him. He had a very good time of it in the T20 Blast. He was also very good for Notts last year, one of the standout players in the one-day cup with the ball in hand. So Derbyshire are an interesting one. They're a very, very interesting one. And to be honest, I do back them. They're one of the teams which, as I mentioned beforehand, will be in and around the mix in Group B come the fight for those top three spots. But Kieran, aside then from our surprise packages, again, let's just discuss the teams which we haven't quite touched upon in today's preview, which are the likes of Glamorgan, Gloucestershire and Northampton, and also maybe Somerset as well, because we mentioned Camphor and James Rue, but again, they've lost an awful lot of players and they've got quite a few injuries. So it's a very new look Somerset side heading into this year's competition. How about those other teams? Do you rate their chances in particular the likes of Gloucestershire and Glamorgan? What do you think about the rest of Group B? Do you think that sides like those aforementioned counties could potentially make a title charge over the course of this year's tournament? Well, obviously, Glamorgan won it a couple of years ago. Um, so and no one expected them to either. Yeah. That's the key thing, isn't it? So there's obviously the chance that um, you know they can replicate that. Um, and I think the fact that um, it's today been announced that, that David Lloyd's going to be going to Derbyshire for the one-day cup Glamorgan obviously feel as if um, you know there's a strong enough batting lineup there that that they don't need his services for this competition. So they'll obviously you know believe that they've got a good chance of you know making it to the knockout. So you know whether or not it, that is the case, who knows? But you know there's certainly a chance. Um, I think Gloucestershire um, signing Harry Tector. I think it's just for one the opening game, isn't it? But you know that still correct. A very good um, white ball cricketer and actually red ball cricketer as well. Um, so you know that that's certainly something that's going to help them. Um, obviously, beyond that, you know they've not got a bad squad um, either. Um, and I think you know Northants have got a lot of players who are you know quite prodigious white ball talents. So obviously, you know every side has got a chance of of going quite far. I mean. The fact that we chose um, six sides um, in this, you know, shows that there is a chance that anybody could go through, um, and you know, potentially we could be wrong on 
on every count. And and it could be that Northampton's Gloucestershire and Glamorgan are the sides that go through. Um, you know, who knows? Obviously, everyone's got a chance. There's a lot of good squads. Um, I just think that the sides that I've picked have the, a better chance. But then obviously, you've picked three completely different sides. So genuinely, who knows? Um, it could be absolutely anybody, to be honest, from, you know, what we've picked. So who knows? Exactly. I think it is a case of who knows. That is how competitive the One Day Cup is. And again, that's why I love this competition, because these are all theoreticals. And then when it comes to the tournaments, if the last two editions have taught us anything, is to expect the unexpected. Not many people fancy Glamorgan's win in 2021, and yet they did. Fast forward to 2022. Again, Kent were written off by a lot of people, and yet they went on to beat a very strong Lancashire side in the final. So Again, it's a ridiculously difficult competition to predict, but again, I just love it. The One Day Cup is brilliant. It's always fascinating. The cricket that's played, no matter who's playing in it, is always top tier as well. We saw that in 2021 with a bunch of youngsters making that next step up and really establishing themselves on the county circuits. And I have no doubt that 2023 will be exactly the same. To be honest, there's so much talent in this country And yeah, the One Day Cup is a great way to showcase it over the course of this coming month. So again, Group B, Kieran, it's going to be tough. It it really is. I mean, I know we haven't really discussed North Ants, but you look at their spinners, Freddie Heldrich and Alex Russell. They've got the likes of Emilio Gay, Ricardo Vasconcelos, Justin Broad, Rob Keogh, Luke Proctor, to name but a few. Goodness me, that's a good side on paper in the white ball format. So we'll have to wait and see. But I suppose the million dollar question to wrap up today's episode, Mr McCarthy, is our title prediction. Now, if we are to choose just one team to lift the Metro Bank One Day Cup, which team would you select to take home the ultimate prize in 50 over crickets here in England and Wales? Uh, I would say that Essex have got one of the best chances um, of winning it all. Um, I believe that they've got potentially the best youth setup um of anybody you know the likes of um we've mentioned luke bankenstein who's currently injured but might be um available for the last stages of the tournament depending on how his injury goes um ben allison they've just signed charlie allison um his brother who's been smashing runs in the second team um obviously we've mentioned robin das jamal richards um feroz cushy i think has been injured but i assume he will play some part obviously a very good top order batter. And then, you know, they've got a lot of experienced players alongside those guys. Um, the likes of, obviously, Simon Harmer is going to be a massive player for them this season, who didn't play for them last season um, with his international commitments. Um, Tom Wesley has been in fantastic form um, in Red Bull cricket so far this season. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of good players, both young and more experienced that I think, that mix is going to be very good for them. And I think for that reason, I think they've got a very good chance of winning it all. Fair enough. And again, I do think Essex will be up there. I really do. You mix the the youth and experience. Tom Wesley's been in imperious form as well, hasn't he, in the county championship. He'll be leading the side yet again in this year's competition. So yeah, Essex definitely have a good chance of not only reaching the final, but as you said, Kieran, lifting the entire thing. But I've gone with a slightly different prediction. And for those who have read our preview on the Essex website, you'll know who I've selected. But 
again, just based off the fact that not many people seem to be giving Warwickshire a chance, I'll back the Bears. Why not? The fact is, we've got a good blend of youth and experience. You know, it's it's definitely plausible for the Bears to reach the playoffs. And then once that's the case, anything can happen. So I'll go with Warwickshire. As I said, I like the blend of youth and experience. I really cannot wait to watch the likes of Kai Smith, Michael Booth, Hamza Shake in action. I think that's going to be wonderful. And then you combine that with the likes of Rob Yates, Will Rhodes, Michael Burgess, Jake Lintot, Liam Norwell, Craig Miles, to name but a few. And I think the Bears of Warwickshire really do stand a good chance in this year's One Day Cup. So my official prediction will be Warwickshire County Cricket Club. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we can now have a good tournament because usually (laughs) when we predict Warwickshire to do well on this podcast, it usually backfires. But fingers crossed, 2023 is the year where that curse is finally lifted. But Kieran, that does bring us to an end to today's preview show. All that's left for me to say is bring it on because this year's One Day Cup, as we've probably found out over the course of this preview show, is going to be very fascinating. Obviously, there's teams which you'd probably prefer on paper, but this is up for grabs. It really is. This is anyone's competition, and it will be a case of that old cliche of peaking at the right time. Yes, you need to get off to a strong start. Yes, you need to win games early, but it's a case of building up that momentum, taking it with you into those knockout rounds. And then, of course, come September, producing the goods on the grand stage at Trent Bridge on Saturday, the 16th of September. But We'll have to wait and find out. That is the beauty of this competition. It's only about a month and a half until we find out the victor of the 2023 Metro Bank One Day Cup. And we will be here with you every single step of the way to guide you through all of the action, the highlights and the key moments from this year's competition. But that brings us to an end to today's episode of the County Cricket Podcast. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, We'll see you on the next one.